We're going to um, do another little session this morning on listening to God. Uh, it's where we kind of left off a couple of weeks ago. Dion brought a great word for us uh, last week. Uh, Dion's up in the crash. Hi, Dion. I don't know if she can hear me. Hello. <laughs> she can hear me. Uh, great word last week, but um, really kind of uh, listening to God, what, do, what does that look like? What does that sound like? And I'm going to read from Matthew 11, and I'm going to read from the message, uh, so it will sound very different from what you're reading in your Bible. So I can encourage you to, to follow the words on the screen if you want to, if you want to do that. Um, but before we read, let's just pray. I don't know about you, I just need to, to pause just now and to pray and invite God into, uh, into this message. Father, we pray that your voice would be heard this morning. Father, nobody else's voice, just yours, because your voice is the one that we need to hear this morning. Uh, Father, you are the one who knows us intimately. Father, you are the one who desires to speak into our lives, to have relationship with us. And so, Father, we pray that you come and that you would speak this morning. May we hear your voice this morning. And Father, may our thoughts and our meditations be upon you this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So we're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through uh, to 30. Hopefully this clicker works. So it says, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. I like that. I like the way it puts that. You know how you've been maybe speaking to somebody and you've had to be quite direct? And then you change your tone and then you begin to speak tenderly, maybe to your kids. There's just that kind of change, and it's like, thank goodness, I'm not going to get any more rows, you know. Jesus turns and he talks to them, now tenderly. And he says, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation, coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does nor the Father the way the Son does. But I am not keeping it to myself. There's good news. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you willing to listen this morning? It goes on in verse 28 to say, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Do you know it's easy to get tired and to get worn out and to get burned out on religion? I don't think religion was God's idea. Relationship was his idea. Jesus says to us when we're in that place, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. You ever felt like that sometimes? It's like my life's not my own anymore. And you just kind of feel you don't have your life is come to me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I just, I was encouraging the team yesterday um, Anne did a great job in leading our meeting yesterday, and she'll be leading that team. Um, but I had the privilege of sharing a few thoughts, and I encourage the team to remember to be tuned into what God wants to do in you and through you 
as we go on this trip. And I was thinking about the word that Bet brought a few weeks ago. Um, you might remember it. And the, I, I just have this mental picture, probably because of the, the way you kind of acted it out, Bet, about tuning in, just kind of reaching out uh, to tune in a radio. And I'm thinking there's probably some people in the congregation who don't know about reaching out and tuning into a radio. Not that you're old, Bet, okay? Um, but you probably, most, many people will remember how you had to tune in the radio. I, I remember the car stereos and you had, to, you had to rotate the dial and you'd see it going up and up and up and then it'd be all this, this weird noise until you eventually locked in uh, to the channel. And that was the picture that Bet was bringing for us. And what was encouraging was that there's lots of hands reaching out to tune into what God's saying. And, you know, that's what it's like. We want to hear God's words over us. We want to hear what God is saying to us. And it's great that we have that hunger. Um, every time uh, we have the prophet in the house, um, Ray Stokes, when he comes, others who prophesy, when the prophet comes, we're kind of all sitting there thinking, I hope, I hope he has a word for me. I hope he has a word for me. Do you, do you think that? Probably some people are thinking, I hope he doesn't have a word for me. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go to the front of the church and get prayed for and all that kind of weird stuff, okay? Some people probably are, but, but we want to hear what God's saying into our lives. What does God have to say to each of us? What does he have to say today? And we have this incredible gift of the, the prophet who comes in uh, to, to, to our lives and speaks uh, God's word into our lives. We have the gift of prophecy, uh, which we exercise as a church. And uh, you don't need to be a prophet to exercise that gift. It's just about listening to what God is saying and speaking those out. But it's great that we have that hunger for what God is wanting to say into our lives. And sometimes I hear people talking about God's plan and will for their life. Um, and it sometimes puzzles me that when people are looking after uh, the, the next big thing, that they've missed the basics of the Christian faith. We can be so busy trying to find out what God's big plan is for us and missing the fact that there's somebody right next to us that God has brought into our life that we need to reach out to. Somebody who's right next to us. It may be in our family, it may be in our workplace, our street, our school, our uni, our college, wherever it might be. And we're too busy looking away up there for the big plan and what God wants to do. And we're missing what's right in front of us. And sometimes we're missing what's happening inside of us. And I think sometimes God has uh, maybe spoken into our lives and maybe asked us to get something sorted out. And we've not done it yet. The challenge comes sometimes when I think about uh, the word of prophecy. And I, I can think about prophecies that have been spoken over my life. And I think to myself, what have I done with those words? What have I done with the things which God has spoken over my life? Have I kind of put them on the shelf? Did I take them out and polish them up from time to time and look at them and go, oh, that's great, God said that. Or am I taking them and putting them into my heart and applying those things day by day? And I sometimes think we're hungry for the next thing from God when we've not digested the first thing that he said. We need to digest what God has already said. Jesus says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. And those words are like food to our souls, and we need to digest what God is already saying to us before he gives us the next thing. Sometimes just felt that was a wee distraction there, but there you go. You got that for free. Um, 
I don't know if you remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we did the drawing exercise at the end or, or as part of the, the service. And I'm going to put up the picture uh, which I drew. And I, I read out instructions. I was careful just to read out what was written down. And we had three volunteers who were going to draw what they heard me say. Okay, so this was this was the pictures. Who all volunteered? Liz, you were one. Did you? Laura, Derek, and and Jillian. That's who it was. That was Laura, Derek, and Jillian. And this was Laura's. That was Derek's, and that was Jillian's. Okay, isn't it incredible how different they all are? Everybody heard the same thing, but they're all incredibly different. And when it comes to listening to God, I sometimes wonder if we can all be hearing the same thing, but we interpret them differently. Why do we interpret them differently? Well, sometimes we already have a preconceived idea of what God's wanting to say, and therefore we begin to make up the picture in our own mind. It comes when we have a lack of context. I mentioned that the last time. You know, we go on in the exercise, and I'm pretty sure people were trying to make sense of it. And what, what's, what's, what is this thing? What am I drawing here? What is the big picture here? And sometimes we can try and be clever. And sometimes we can try and guess what's coming next. Have you ever been in that position where you're trying to kind of be really smart and say, I'm the guy who's got the answer? Only me. Is it only me? Looks like it's only me so far, okay? Um, I'm of an occasion when I was up at um, a, a conference in Stirling, and uh, I just thought I was so smart on this occasion. The, the guy was holding up an apple, and he had said, what do you see? And somebody was firing out all these different answers as to what it was, or oh, it's an apple, what do you see? Uh, or the colours, or the seeds inside, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. And I'm like, what is he looking for? And probably, it's probably all those years of Sunday school quizzes and sticking my hand up and I've got the right answer, I've got the right answer. And I, I just kind of stuck my hand up and he invited me to respond when the question was, holding up the apple, what do you see? And I said, three. And he said, that's the right answer. And I was like, yes! <laughs> Sometimes we just like being smart. Sometimes we just like having the answers. And it can become like that listening to God as well. We can just want to just kind of be a bit smart and, uh, and, and know what God is saying and not really get in the full picture. Because we need to get that context. We need to understand what God is saying, the big picture of what God is saying. Maybe not just to us, uh, maybe not just to a church even, but what is God saying uh, to this area? What is God saying to this nation? And uh, I can't stress enough the importance when it comes to hearing God for ourselves, the context, the big picture stuff, and we are blessed to have the Word of God. We're blessed to have God's Word that we can read in our own language. And people have died that we might have the Word of God in our own language. William Tyndall being an example, burnt at the stake um, because of his efforts. He was instrumental in translating the Bible into a language that the plowman could understand. Incredible. We have this privilege of having the Word of God and being able to read it and to be able to get the big picture, to be able to have the context into which we can fit all the other things which God is saying to us, either as individuals or as a church or even as a nation. And so we have this incredible privilege 
just going to blank that for a second. I said at one point earlier on that God's more interested in than us than he is in our religion. God is not a God who invented religion. He invented us. He made us. And he made us to have relationship with himself. And when God made human beings, when God made all the, the things that he made, he said that it was very good. God looked at people and he said it was very good. I'm encouraged by that. Genesis 1.31, when God had finished his work, the Bible says that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And I think about what Jesus wants to do just now. He wants to have a relationship with us. And I think about this Jesus that we believe in. This is the Jesus who was able to live his life in a way that Adam was supposed to have lived his life. It says that we were supposed to have dominion over the earth, over everything that was in it, and yet we don't have dominion over it. We think we have, but we don't. God demonstrated that through Jesus. Jesus was able to heal the sick. Jesus was able to stand up to the wind and the waves and the storm and say, peace be still. Over, over creation, over nature, Jesus had authority over it. Because he was living in relationship with the Father. If you reflect back on those verses we've read, and we'll do that in just a little second, we realize that Jesus, out of relationship, had the authority, even had authority over death. But it's a stark contrast from what we see today. Because if we turn on our television sets today, we look at what's happening in the world, we look at what's happening in the news, and we can get so depressed as we are fed story after story after story. And yet God is at work in this world. But the reason that we see so much in our world that is contrary to what God wants is this Genesis 3.8, where relationship is broken. We're talking about listening to God this morning. If we want to hear from God, we need to realize that it's all about relationship. Just as my kids have relationship with me, as their dad, I have relationship with them, and we speak out of that relationship. We listen to each other out of that relationship. But the, the people that God had created broke that relationship. Then the man and his wife, Genesis 3.8, heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. They hid. When they heard God coming, they hid we're talking about listening to God this morning. Maybe when God comes to speak, we're too busy hiding away because we know we've got all this stuff that we don't want him to see. Jesus came to deal with the stuff that we don't want God to see. This is what he said. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? He already knew where he was. In verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Relationship was broken, but the reality is that God is looking for relationship with us today in the weeks, in the days and weeks to come. God is looking for relationship with each of us. And may I encourage you, if you have not begun a relationship with Jesus, that you take that step. It's really, really simple. I took that step when I was six years old. 
began a relationship with Jesus. I heard the message and I responded to it. I said, I, I remember getting out of my bed, moon shining in the window. You've heard all this before. Many of you, sorry to bore you, but some people might not have heard it. Getting out of my bed as a six-year-old child and getting down on my knees next to my bed and asking Jesus to forgive me for my sin and to come into my life and to come into my heart and to help me to live the way that he did. Back to bed, fell asleep, woke up next morning. Guess what I did last night? Do you remember that? Good, excellent, glad you do. Beginning a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, that's where it starts. It comes as we cut excuse me, it comes as we come to him. But let's remember that even in relationships, listening is hard work. Especially when you're married to somebody who talks a lot. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about me, okay? I'm not talking about me, okay? Um but listening is hard work. If you want to really listen uh, to another person, and what I'm talking about is listening without prejudice, listening without preconceived ideas, listening without judgments, listening uh, without all the distracting thoughts that come into our heads. It's hard work. Listening to somebody is hard work. If you don't believe me, try listening to somebody for half an hour. And see how you feel after that. Not you speaking, you just listening to somebody as they pour out their heart and as they pour out things before you. That is hard work. I'll not set the water on the piano just in case. Don't worry any mishaps. But it's exactly the same in God's order of things. Listening to God is hard work. We need to invest ourselves into listening to God. And I've got some pointers uh, and some things because I'm trying to make this as practical as possible because we need to understand the mechanics behind it. We need to get the dynamics, but we need to understand the mechanics. And the first thing that I want to say is that we need to come near. And if you take notes, you'll know that I've used these points before. There's three points I'm going to use. I have used them before when we talk about listening to God, but I couldn't make them any better than they were the last time other than adding the scripture that we've read. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Relationship. Come near to God and he will come near to you. I want to hear what God's saying to me. Well, the first thing you need to do is come near to God. Because God's not going to shout over the big chasm to you because you want to be over there. If you want to hear from God, you're the one that's going to have to move. You're the one that's going to have to come close to him because the Bible tells us that he's omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. And so the distance that I'm talking about is not a physical distance. It's an inside distance that we put ourselves between us and God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And one of the questions I want to ask is, are you setting time aside to spend with God? If we think back to the verses that we read at the start, what does Jesus say, the translator who who has uh, put his own kind of translation into it, says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come, 
get away, keep company with me. This is what Jesus is saying. The second thing is that are you God conscious as you go about your day? Very easy to get distracted by life, to get distracted by all the other things that are bombarding us day after day after day, family circumstances, life, work. All of these things can cause us to take our focus away from God, to take our God consciousness away. But the challenge is, are we becoming more and more God conscious as we go about our day? What does it say? Walk with me and work with me. Learn how I do it. Walk with me. If you're going for a walk with somebody in the countryside, you know that you're with them, don't you? They're right next to you. You're walking together. Unless they're really fit and you're not, in which case they're up there somewhere. And you're saying, oh, not another hill. But that's not the way that Jesus works because Jesus understands the pace that we can go at. And I just find this incredible. He goes at a different pace with each of us. A different pace. He knows the pace that you can go at. He knows exactly where you're at. And when he says, come and walk with me, he knows the pace that he wants you to go at. It might be slightly faster than you think you're able to do, but if that's the pace that God has, then go for it. Are you attentive to God's unforced rhythms of grace? Listening to God in the day-to-day and understanding what he wants to do. In order to learn things, we must be near our teacher. Okay? If you're in school, as some of you are, if you're in the class, you need to be listening to the teacher. You're not going to hear the teacher if you're out in the playground and they're shouting out the window at you. Okay? That's not how it works. In order to learn from our teachers, we need to be close to them. And so God says, come near to God and he will come near to you. That's what he says. Point number two, are we cutting out the noise in our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 46, the first part of verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Are there sufficient times in your life when the noise is turned down? Our lives are so full of noise. Stop and observe this for an hour one day. Stop and observe how much noise is going into our heads, whether it's through visual stimulus or or the things that we hear or things that are happening round about us. There's so much going on and sometimes we just need to switch off and be still. And sometimes for some of us being still is hard. Jesus said, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Do you take time to be still? And I think we need to take time to be still regularly. But the other thing is that when we do physically take time to be still, inside of us there's all the noise that we find hard to turn down. And it's something that we need to work through. And somebody suggested that if you're trying to be quiet before God and you've got all these distracting thoughts, write the distracting thoughts down on a bit of paper and you can say, okay, I don't need to think about that. I don't need to worry about I'm going to forget that. Um, But just kind of put them to the side through doing something practical. And it's something that we need to really develop. We need to develop the ability to just turn down the noise inside our own heads, which is particularly difficult when you're worried or anxious. 
And when we're worried and when we're anxious, things are going round in our minds over and over and over and over and over. Um, I've managed to avoid the flu on all these kind of things. Um, but I know that the times when I've had flu, and I'm not talking about the man flu, I'm talking about the real flu. And I don't know, maybe it's just me that experiences this. But when I have flu and I'm floored and I'm in my bed when I'm trying to sleep at night, it's almost like I'm hallucinating. And it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a video reel that just keeps playing it's like over and over and over again. It's like the same dream that just keeps going and over, and you just want to get out of it. And it's so stressful. And that's what it's like when we're worried and when we're anxious. We have the same thought nagging away in our heads. But Jesus is saying that if we're like that, to come aside, what is it he says? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Some of us are needing to take a rest from our worries and from the things which are making us anxious. God will show us how to do that. Third point, rattling on through, is to take note. The psalmist says, I have hidden your word within my heart that I might not sin against you. And we need to find ourselves being in a place where we can meditate on God's word. Are you attentive to the word of God as you read and meditate though? We can read the words and it's almost like they just go in one ear and straight out the other because five minutes later we can't remember what we're reading. And that's not going to help any of us. When we're reading God's word, we need to read it prayerfully. We need to take time over it. And we need to digest what God is saying potentially to us through that. That we prayerfully ask God to, to reveal to us. The second thing, is it seeping into your very soul? Is the word of God, is God's words getting into the very depths of our being? Are you keeping notes of the things which God is saying to you? And are you asking God to add wisdom to this? You see, God wants to speak sometimes more than we want to listen. And so these are some pointers as to things, practical things that we can do in order to position ourselves so that we can listen to what God is saying. But then I've asked loads of people, and I ask questions all the time, um, particularly to people that I feel have something that can teach me and are, are ahead of me. And, you know, uh, when Ray Stokes comes over and he prophesies over people, I'm, I'm quizzing them. I'm like, how does that work? How do, how do you hear from God? What does it sound like? What does it look like? How's, just all these questions. And I want to know how it works. So I want us to think just a little bit of time for, uh, for a little bit of time as to some of the practicalities of how we actually hear God. And this is not, this is not the Encyclopedia Britannica version, okay? This is not the exhaustive everything's in it version, just so that you're aware. But we need to tune in, just coming back to that picture that Bet brought, kind of reaching forward and, and tuning in the radio. It's like, oh, I can hear the signal. I could talk about radio modulation and demodulation and all those kind of things if you want to. We'll do that later. Amplitude modulation, frequency modulation and such and so forth. But we need to tune in to what God wants to say to us. And just a few pointers along that line. And the first thing, you might have heard people say this, that we get a nudge what does that actually look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? 
getting a nudge. And the problem is that it's difficult to explain and that it's different for different people because God knows how to speak to us. But the one thing that we know is that when it happens, we know that it's God. And when we really know is the moment where we get that little nudge and we step out in faith and we speak what God has asked us to say to somebody, or we, we do what God has asked us to say, and when we step out in faith, then we realize, actually, that nudge was from God. And as we begin to do that, we begin to go, oh, there was that nudge again. I better step out in faith. Just to give you a little practical example, a recent example, who was all a big fan of the snow and the ice? One or two people were a fan of the snow and the ice. Excellent. So one or two people loved it. Um, I find it difficult. Um, and uh, um, the snow was almost gone. And I was driving up the, the, the Long Ridge Bray. Uh, I was almost at the, where the bus stops are, if you can picture that, just before the garage on the right-hand side. And there was an old man trying to cross the road. He had a stick. And I felt a nudge. Let me just say right now that I ignored the nudge because I thought, oh, he's okay, right? But I actually got the nudge. Stop and help that man. And this is, this is a sad story, right? <laughs> because rather than stopping and helping the man, I assessed the situation. I got the nudge and I thought, I should have stopped uh, on reflection. I got the nudge, but I assessed the situation with my intellect and I thought, well, he's back in the pavement, he'll be okay but he wasn't okay because he was trying to cross the road to get to the bus stop and there was a line of ice running right down the side of the path where the snowplow had left the ice. And I'm driving up past the road into Turn High, heading up to, to the house and I look in my rear view mirror and what do I see? That this wee man slipping on the ice and landing on the ground and I was like, I should have stopped. And I stopped the car. I thought, I'm going to go back and help him. But I couldn't get the car turned. I couldn't reverse. Unfortunately, somebody else stopped beside this old man. Two people got out of the car, and they were able to help him to get up on his feet. And I thought, there's no point in me getting back now. I've missed an opportunity. I felt the nudge, and I didn't follow up on it. Thankfully, there's lots of times where I feel the nudge, and I do follow up on it. Okay? But it's just having an awareness inside that God is wanting to do something. And the one thing that's going to kill the nudge is busyness. If we are too busy, then we are unlikely to respond to that nudge that God gives us. I um, hadn't planned to say this. I'm probably run out of time, but I'll say it anyway. Um, an experiment was done in a, a kind of seminary in the States uh, where a group of guys were given a task to do. So say there was uh, 10 people that were given this, they had to do a presentation in front of their peers. Uh, so they were, they were briefed in one area in the campus. They had to go to another area to do the presentation. And uh, on the way to the presentation, there was a man who was lying on the ground. It was all a, a set-up, okay? It was an experiment. Five of these people were told, don't worry, you've got plenty of time to go and get there and, and do your thing. Um, just you head over and whatever. And then the other five are told, you're running late, you need to get there, and you need to be on time. Okay? Don't be late. Whatever you do, don't be late. What did the results indicate? 
it indicated that the people who were given that information, don't be late, who had a rush instilled within them, a a hurriedness instilled within them, walked past the man rather than get up, uh, get down beside the man and and pick him up. I think they had to do a presentation on the Good Samaritan uh, or something like that. And you just think, ignoring the nudge because we're too busy. And I sometimes think there are occasions in our life when God speaks and he, he wants to do things, but we're too busy to really do it and to stop and to pay attention. Um, how does God speak to us? Sometimes a voice in our thoughts, not in a kind of unusual way or an unhelpful way, but we just feel that God is speaking into our thoughts um, we have an awareness in our spirit. We need to remember that we're spiritual beings. The Holy Spirit communicates to us through our spirit. We think it's our minds, but actually it's our spirits. We'll maybe talk more about that another time. And so God communicates in our spirits. And so if our spirits are alive to God, then we're more likely to receive what he's trying to say. Um, Sometimes we see patterns in what God is saying. Um, I used the example the last time of how over a seven-week period God led me into uh, a new job and had confirmed that all the way throughout. Um, but it was, the, it was the keeping track of what God was saying, keeping note of what God was saying, that allowed me to look back on that and say, with certainty, God has said, God has led. Taking notes of what God is saying. And then God speaks when something in his word stands out. I don't know if you'll have experienced this before, but you can be reading the Bible, you can be reading through a story or a passage, and then all of a sudden something just comes alive. I don't know how to explain it, but something comes alive inside us and it captivates us and we stop and we pause and we go, God is speaking to me through this verse. There's where we need to ask God for wisdom and to, as to how to apply it. You see, God speaks in very clear ways, but sometimes, sometimes it is that still, small voice. Sometimes the one that says, peace, be still. Sometimes God gives us a picture. How does God speak to us? Sometimes we have a picture in our heads, and we pray about that picture that we're seeing, and God gives us wisdom to know what that's meaning and how it should be applied. Sometimes we see words and uh, I have experienced this. I think it's kind of, in one sense, it's one way how uh, having a word of knowledge over somebody works. Uh, I remember an experience uh, where I met somebody. I hadn't known this person before. And it was almost like words were written over the person's head. God showed me something in an instant, in a flash. And I had to take note of what God was saying. Not to do something about it at that point in time, but to pray about that. And eventually God uh, really started to lead in that situation. Sometimes it can be actually seeing words over a person. And one of the things that I think is incredible, the way that God reveals himself, the way he speaks to us is through the Bible. We have this incredible gift called the Bible, and we don't use it often enough. We don't realize how blessed we are. The characters who were in the story didn't have the Bible at that point in time. They maybe had some parts of it, they maybe had some Old Testament scriptures, but even if you go before that, if you go before that to Abraham, what did he, what did Abraham have? He had this relationship with God. So we are blessed because we have.
Just a few more points. God also speaks to us through our circumstances uh, very clearly. He can speak to us uh, on the things that are happening around us. But we need to be listening to what God is saying in the circumstances. Lastly, uh, and I'm running out of time rapidly, God speaks through dreams and visions. And we could look at examples in Scripture for all of these different points. Um, and I know that God has spoken to me on occasion through dreams. Um, I dream about a person, and I knew exactly what I had to do in that circumstance because God revealed something, and I was able to act in that circumstance, not ignore the nudge. Uh, if I had ignored that nudge, it would have been catastrophic. But God gave me a dream about a person, um, and I was able to speak into that situation and pray for that person. And uh, that person is potentially still here today because of the nudge, because of the dream, and because of listening to what God was saying. God doesn't say anything that contradicts his character or nature. Can I encourage you to really get a hold of this, to really get a hold of this idea of listening to God and to be listening for his words, not just for ourselves. It's great to hear things for ourselves. But sometimes God wants to speak to us and give us things that are for somebody else. And that encourages each other as well. Notice the language in the message just to finish off with this passage. He says, walk with me, walk with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. These are all things that we do. Walk, work, watch, and learn. There are things that we do, and we need to put these things into practice in our lives every day. And when we do that, we then begin to hear the voice of God speaking to us and directing our lives more and more and calling us into the things which he has for us. We're going to finish there. Musicians, come back up. Just let's bow our heads in prayer for a minute. And uh, let's ask God to really come and seal these things in our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that it speaks to us. And Father, we thank you that in a relationship with you that you desire to speak to us and you desire to have that relationship with us. And Father, I just pray today that you would just open our ears that we might hear what you would say to us. Father, that we might be obedient to all the things which you would say. And just... At this point, I want to pause for a wee second just while people have got their heads bowed and their eyes closed. And just to invite people who may have never made that decision to begin a relationship with Jesus. If you have never done that, if you've never initiated that, if you've never come to God and say, I want to have that relationship with you, just as people uh, are in an attitude of prayer here today, if you say, I want to make that decision, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus, then just pop your hand up and uh, I'll, I'll know who you are and we'll come and chat and pray with you at the end of the service. Father, we thank you for all that you are doing in us and through us. Father, we thank you for your incredible gifts that you pour out upon us. We thank you that we are blessed, Father. And Lord, we thank you for this fellowship of believers here. And we pray that you continue to pour out your spirit, that you continue to do the new thing that you want to do, Father. 
And we pray that you'd help us to keep in step with the Spirit. You'd help us to be obedient to the things which you say. Help us not to ignore the nudges which you give us. And Father, help us to step out in faith. Sometimes it might be a bit scary. But Father, we pray that you'd help us uh, to, to remember that you have your purposes and that you are wanting to outwork your purposes in us and through us and through the church. So, Father, we thank you for the church. We pray your blessing upon it. This church, the churches in Whitburn, the church in West Lothian, and across our nation. And, Father, as we approach this outreach with Will Graham, Father, we pray that your hand would be upon that, that you would anoint the speaker, anoint everyone who is involved in organizing. And, Father, we pray that it would bear much fruit. Father, bless us in this day as we go out into this week, as we come to pray tonight. Father, in all these things, we pray that we would continue to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.